Hello, this is Dr. Prathima Sethi, and I am your host for this segment on ReachMD. Today we are speaking with Dr. Anne Saxena. She is the owner of a private dental practice in Leesburg, Virginia. She is certified in laser dentistry, sedation dentistry, Invisalign, and implant dentistry. She is a graduate of St. Luke's St. Vincent Charity Hospital in Cleveland, Ohio. Dr. Saxena, it's such a pleasure to have you here today to discuss bruxism. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. So, Dr. Saxena, what is bruxism? Well, bruxism, also known as parafunctional tooth grinding, it's a sleep-related movement disorder. People commonly know this as gnashing, grinding, or clenching of the jaws and teeth. So what are some of the etiologies for bruxism? Well, it appears that many things can come into play. A lot of people are just prone to it through genetics. There are some families that have bruxism more in their family than other people. There's also sleep architecture, the way we sleep and our patterns of REM sleep. There's some habits like smoking and drinking and excess use of caffeine, which also can affect the reasons for bruxism. Mostly what I've discovered is it's psychology. Our anxiety and stress level in our life really impacts this activity that we do at night. So the more stressed out we are, which a lot of people seem to be, it's going to impact how much we brux at night. So how is it diagnosed? Well, there's two things typically that come into play. There's a patient's subjective symptoms. They are aware that they're grinding their teeth at night. They wake up with tightness and soreness in their jaw muscles. There's pain in their TMJ or temporomandibular joint. Oftentimes, there's headaches and teeth sensitivity associated with it. So these are all symptoms that the patients subjectively tell the doctor. There's also signs inside their mouth, like wear of the teeth. They have broken teeth and gum recession, so their roots are exposed and their teeth are cold sensitive. They also have a loss of what we call vertical dimension. So this is the youthful long teeth, and their teeth get shorter and shorter the more they brux and wear a pattern in their mouth that we can see typically. And do you oftentimes use the brux checker or bite strips to help you diagnose that in the office? Yes. I think in the beginning, any adjunctive tools to help diagnose is is helpful. I think it's been, after a lot of years of practice, you just know what to look for patterns. And they are there. A lot of the population, I, I want to say, you know, 60 to 70% of, of my own patients do have all these signs and symptoms. So it, it is prevalent in the population. So does bruxism only occur at night or does it also occur during the day? No, there's two types of bruxism. There is daytime bruxism and nighttime bruxism. But typically in the daytime, people are aware of their bad habits and they have certain control and consciousness about stopping the bad habits. The more damaging effects are at nighttime when you're asleep, and this is just a subconscious habit that we do, a lot of the damaging effects happen when we're sleeping. So what are some of the consequences of unmanaged bruxism? Well, there's numerous things. I think the most damaging is actually something called attrition, which is the wear of the teeth. Everybody's happy with, you know, nice, long, youthful-looking teeth, but the more you brux, the shorter and shorter your teeth become because they get worn, basically. The enamel gets worn away. 
There's also things like tooth fracture that you can look for in the mouth. There's parts of the teeth that are broken, uneven wear patterns in the mouth. What happens with this is that the teeth become sensitive. The gums recede, the roots are more exposed, and they get cold sensitive to liquids, even air sometimes. Oftentimes, we look at the temporomandibular joint dysfunction. There's wear in your joint. There's definitely all these sounds when you open and close your mouth. They're kind of unpleasant, actually. There's pain in the face muscles, or facial pain is also a common consequence of unmanaged bruxism. There is disputed studies that indicate that migraines are made worse with bruxism because of the excessive tension or pressure on the temporomandibular joint and the muscles surrounding it. So, Dr. Saxena, you were saying about the association of migraine headaches with bruxism. Can you explain that a little further? How does that work? Any habit that's going to cause increased tension in the muscles of your face, neck, and head is going to trigger, in some patients, migraine headaches. So I think it's really important that if you're a migraine sufferer that you talk to your neurologist about getting screened for bruxism through your dentist and having maybe an appliance made in order to alleviate some of the stresses of clenching your teeth at night. Typically what happens when a patient clenches down, it activates all the muscles in the face and in the temporalis. That causes a lot of stress to build up in your neck, in your head, and it can trigger migraine headaches, especially if you're very sensitive to uh, lots of episodes of migraines. It's very important to get screened for bruxism and to have an appliance. It's pretty easy to do. It's preventive and non-invasive. And certainly, I know several patients that suffer from migraines, and it's a really disruptive and really painful thing for them. So anything we can rule out and help would be a great benefit to them. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to ReachMD, and I am your host, Dr. Prathima Sethi. I am speaking with Dr. Anne Saxena, and we are discussing bruxism. So can you talk a little bit about some treatments available to treat bruxism? As I understand, there's appliances, behavioral therapy, pharmacotherapy. Can you talk a little bit about the appliances first? Here in the dental office, we often recommend appliances as our first line of treatment. It is the most effective and pretty simple and non-invasive. There's three types of appliances. The basic first go-to appliance is something called a splint or your dentist might say night guard. It's a hard or soft sometimes appliance that is custom made for your mouth and can provide cushioning against the grinding of the teeth and also cushioning to your TMJ joint. So that's a very simple and basic first line of treatment. There's some other devices that are newer, something called an NTI device. This is also known as a anti-clenching night guard. Basically, it prevents your back teeth from touching. So you just have contact on your front teeth, and this allows your muscles to relax so you can't clench down on them. This is very effective, particularly if a patient suffers from migraine headaches or even just tension headaches because your muscles are relaxed and they're not clenching down at night. This really makes a big difference for certain patients. There's a very new type of appliance also. It's called a MAD or mandibular advancement device. It's basically an upper splint and a lower splint. 
with a, some sort of elastic connecting the two, and this elastic enables the mandible to advance. It's a very effective tool also. Sometimes it helps with sleep apnea and snoring by opening your airway. The mandibular advancement device is a little bit more of a sizable device in the mouth, so some patients might find it not as comfortable to fall asleep in. So I would reserve that for just certain patients who have maybe a combination of mild sleep apnea and bruxism together. And what about pharmacotherapy options? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, pharmacotherapy, you know, many things have been tried. I think typically the most prescribed medicines for bruxism are Neurontin, Clonopin, and Hydroxyzine. Neurontin and Clonopin kind of work on the nerves that innervate the muscles basically to help them relax and not be as tense and to break the patterns that cause ruxism. All of this is kind of disputed. You know, there's not a lot of evidence that this may help. I would say the dentist and the primary care doctor would work together to find a good management. Oftentimes, there's trouble sleeping and a lot of anxiety issues that go with the bruxism. So any sort of benzodiazepine might help muscles relax, lower stress, you know, yoga and other good sleep hygiene will also help along with, uh, you know, pharmacotherapy, basically. And what about the behavioral management options for bruxism? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I think many things that can be done, honestly, is just some good sleep hygiene type things. You know, you can make sure you have enough rest. You're not on a lot of devices before you go to bed. Things like meditation, yoga, any sort of exercise that helps lower stress and help you relax will help to break up the patterns that cause bruxism. So it's really important that you try to work on your behavior and to, you know, cut back things that are stimulant before bedtime, like caffeine, sometimes even just a lot of our telephones, our smartphones are basically, we're addicted to them and it will impact our quality of sleep. So it's really important to work on that, meditate and yoga. So how often do you see these patients in your office, in the clinic? How do you manage them as far as follow-up and monitoring them for worsening symptoms? Well, most of our patients, when they come in as a new patient, we screen them. It's part of our comprehensive exam and diagnosis because, again, the joints are affected and the teeth are worn and there's, you know, broken teeth, recession of the gums. So it really impacts the whole oral health of the patient. So that's going to be our number one thing that we do screen and rule out and make recommendations. Most patients will just get a basic splint. We evaluate every time they come for their recalls. So every six months, we're going to evaluate how they're doing, what's their compliance. The compliance sometimes is difficult because it's not going to help you if it's in the drawer at night, no matter what device or appliance you have. So you have to be sure that the patient's going to be able to wear it. They're comfortable falling asleep. It's a, it's a habit that they, before they go to bed, that they're going to put it in their mouth, and, and it's going to really help them in the morning. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Saxena. That was a wonderful review on bruxism. Do you have any last-minute thoughts that you wanted to add? Well, I just wanted to say how important it is to have preventive care in oral health. 
bruxism is just one of the things. But a lot of the damage is done, and it's very difficult to repair later. And a lot of the treatments, even for the joint dysfunction, don't really help you. So prevention and early treatment is very, very important. So I urge everyone out there to get screened and listen to their doctor and get an appliance, try to lower their stress and manage their behavior in order to have good quality sleep and not brux at night. So thank you so much, Dr. Saxena, for being with us today and for sharing with us your thoughts on bruxism. Oh, it's my pleasure. I hope all the patients out there potentially get screened for it and get an appliance and really stop the habits and the damages from bruxism. I am your host, Dr. Prathima Seti, and you've been listening to ReachMD. If you missed any part of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com to download this podcast. Thank you for listening.